0: You're listening to Cross Section, the podcast of the Summit View Church of Christ. Good morning. Good to be with you today. Last week we began a new lesson series on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' great teaching in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And Jesus began that teaching with the Beatitudes, the blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The merciful, the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness or for Jesus. Jesus was teaching us how to be like Him, how to grow in character like His, goodness like His, in His complete devotion to God, how to live a life that God blesses. The next thing that Jesus teaches us in the Sermon on the Mount is our text today, and it is this Matthew 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The words of Jesus. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Which is strange because elsewhere in John 8 verse 12 and in John 9 verse 5, Jesus says about himself, I am the light of the world. He is the one who brings hope into the world. He is the one who brings guidance from God so that we can know how we should live in this life. But according to Jesus, so are we. He is the light of the world, and so are we. He leads in this great purpose. But as his followers, we share this same purpose. As he is light for the world, so he calls us to be light for the world. The light of hope and of direction, the light of God. One writer has said that both we and Jesus are the light of the world. He as the sun, we as the moon reflecting the sun. So the first lesson I want to bring from this short text this morning, I have three, is this. If you follow Jesus, you are tremendously important to God. God loves you so much and he trusts you so much that he has given you this sacred role in his kingdom, this glorious and weighty responsibility to be salt and light in the world through Jesus, to help people become aware of God and come to him. You may feel like you're too young in your faith for such a weighty task. It's only been a month or a year or a couple of years since you put Christ on in baptism. This is is too much for God to ask. You're still just getting started. But Jesus says, because you follow him, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You may look at your life and think, maybe someday I could live up to that calling. But right now, my life is so much of a mess. But Jesus calls you to be who you already are. You are a follower of Jesus. And every follower of Jesus is salt and light. The great German minister Dietrich Bonhoeffer who was executed just before World War II ended because he refused to give his allegiance to the Nazi party rather than to God. He reminds us in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, in his comments on the Sermon on the Mount, that we don't get to decide if we want to be salt and light for the world. The only thing we get to decide is whether we follow Jesus or not. And if we follow Jesus... We are salt, we are light, because we follow Jesus. That's who we are as his followers. Jesus doesn't say, you have salt, you have light. No, Jesus says, you are salt and light, it's who you are. And if we're not, then we don't follow Jesus. Salt in the ancient world was used for a variety of purposes. Two of the biggest were to give food a good flavor, just like today, and to preserve food. And we still do that today as well. As the salt of the earth, we bring and preserve a good flavor in life. We preserve what is good in life. We make life better for other people. Light. Undoes darkness. <clears throat> it lets us see where we're going, it lets us see what we're doing so we can do what we need to do. As the light of the world, we bring the knowledge of God to the people around us who were in darkness so they can see how they should live. If you follow Jesus, you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world you are tremendously important to God. He trusts you with this role of making life better for others, giving life a good flavor, bringing the light of hope and goodness and purpose from God into the world around us. Jesus is the light of the world and he calls us to join him in that work. Lesson number two. If we don't, We are not his followers. If the salt loses its saltiness, Jesus says, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. In Jesus' time and in his part of the world, a lot of their salt came from the Dead Sea, right there next to Israel, not far from Jerusalem. And that salt that they drew out of the Dead Sea was actually a mix of many different minerals. Sometimes uh, it would be so impure as salt that it would lose its saltiness, at which point it was worthless. If you follow Jesus, but you're not doing anything to bring a good flavor from God into the lives of the people around you, what good is your faith? A Christian who's selfish, who ignores the needs of others, who runs with the crowd when the crowd does what is evil and who does not stand up for what is right, how does that person's faith in Jesus do any good? That's the kind of person who, in chapter 7, Jesus will say, calls out to him, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, and in your name we drove out demons and worked miracles. But Jesus will say, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Salt that loses its saltiness is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Again, Jesus asks, what's the point of lighting a lamp if you're just going to put it under a bowl. Nobody does that. No, you light a lamp and you put it on its stand and even a small lamp can give light to everyone in the house. Followers of Jesus are like that lamp. Even if our light is weak and dim, just a a flicker, because that's all we've got in us, it still brings light to all the people around us. Jesus says we're like a town built on a hill. A lot of towns were built on hills in the ancient world. It was easier to defend your community if the enemy had to run uphill to attack. Jerusalem in particular was built, and still is, on top of a group of hills. In the centuries before we had electricity, there was no way to hide a community on top of a hill. At night, the fires from its lamps would shine out as far as the eye could see, across the hills, down into the valleys. Followers of Jesus are like that. You can't hide them. Just by living for Jesus and being like Jesus, we shine out to the people around us with hope and direction in life and purpose and goodness because God lives and works in our lives, and people see that. Even if we're just getting started in our faith, just a tiny flicker of a candle, that bit of the light of God radiates out from us. Even if we still struggle to, w- to live the way Jesus calls us to live, I mean, who doesn't? Jesus is demanding in his call on our lives, and we struggle with that sometimes. But every step that we walk with Jesus, we are a light to our families, to our community, to the church, to our neighbors, to the world. As people of light, we do battle with the darkness in our world. I remember a middle-aged couple. Excuse me. I remember, uh, boy, give me just a second. Not as bad as it sounds. The voice will come back in a minute. I remember years ago, three decades ago, a middle-aged couple who were struggling in their marriage, looked like they would divorce. They had two young boys, elementary school-aged. That family's world became very, very dark for a while. But I got to watch as the church surrounded this couple, surrounded those boys, loved those boys, encouraged them, took them out to movies, fed them, played with them, became family for them. Others in the church stood by the mom, now a single parent, for the first time. And they encouraged her. And others stood by the dad and encouraged him. And they became Light for wife, husband, and children. And over the course of a couple of years, that family came out of its darkness and was reconciled. The marriage healed. The boys' lives became peaceful again. And the church didn't do anything unusual. It wasn't anything unusual for followers of Jesus. The church just did what it does. They just loved these people and helped them and gave wise counsel where they could and encouraged light of the world. We do battle with the darkness in our world. If we don't, we're not light. We're not followers of Jesus. You see a problem in the world, you see darkness, and it doesn't bother you. It doesn't drive you to do what you can to help or at least to pray. You're not light. As the light of the world, we engage with people struggling in sin, just like Jesus did. Not to condemn them, because we all struggle with sin, but to help them escape the attack of the devil. When there's trouble in the community, when we hear about human trafficking in our country and in our world, when we find out there's a boy or a girl without a family in our, com- in our neighborhood, we don't run from any of that. Jesus made us the light of the world. If we can help that child, we do. If we can address some trouble in the community, we put our effort into that. If we don't know what to do or can't find a way to help, we pray. We always Always pray. We pray that God's light would shine brightly through us to bring hope to the hopeless, direction to those who have lost their way, knowledge of God to people who have never known him. God has entrusted us with this calling. That we are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. People who make a difference for good just by being who we are, followers of Jesus. Just by being the type of people Jesus said, God blesses. People who are poor in spirit. People who mourn when things aren't right. People who are meek and gentle toward others. People who hunger and thirst for righteousness more than for anything else in life who are merciful where others are harsh, who are pure in heart where others might have corrupt purposes, who are peacemakers in situations of strife, and who willingly endure persecution and insults and slander for the name of Jesus. Being the salt of the earth, the light of the world, is not something we wake up one day and we say, you know, I think I'll do that today. No, it's simply what we are as we walk with Jesus. And so in verse 16, Jesus says very simply, go and be who you are. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Don't hide your light under a bowl. Let it shine out. Don't hide who you are in Jesus who God is molding and shaping you to be as you grow and mature in Christ. Let your light shine before others, not so that people see you, what a good person you are. That's not the point. Jesus will warn us in chapter 6 about doing good religious things for selfish reasons. But let your light shine so that others may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Our goal is to so grow and mature in Christ that as we live, as we live our lives for him, the good that we naturally and intentionally do for others will open their eyes to God and they will give him glory. Our goal is not our glory, but God's glory. Or maybe to put that in a better way, when God is glorified, that is our glory. That is our glory joy, and our goal. Because when people see that God is good and they glorify him, they have the opportunity to come to him and be saved. And so Jesus gives us a little bit of evangelistic strategy here. A way to help people come to God. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So this is lesson number three. Let them see your good deeds, and through your good deeds see God. That estranged couple and their two boys, through the church's love and good deeds for their family, they saw God. And as their faith was renewed, their love for one another was renewed, and God brought a blessing into their family. When people see you going out of your way to do good for others, which is just normal for you as a follower of Jesus, it's what we practice doing, it's what we encourage each other to do, it's what we pray to God for the opportunity to do, but it may be a surprise to them, they may not expect it, when they see it, they will see God at work in your life, and they will give him glory. And some of them will come to follow Jesus because of the light of God that your good deeds bring into their lives. Just this past week, I happened to hear an interview with a man who is a missionary to tribes of nomads in Central Africa. I have the citation for that interview at the bottom of the sermon notes in the the bulletin in case you'd like to hear it yourself. This man and his wife and their children have spent the past few years getting to know these tribes that travel around to wherever the grass is green in that part of the the year so they can graze their animals. These are tribes that mostly have never heard about Jesus. They live such an unusual kind of life in our time that few people, few missionaries, have reached out to them with the gospel. These tribes prefer to keep to themselves, and they are rather suspicious of outsiders. And so the interviewer asked the missionary, how do you as Westerners, as Americans, go about approaching nomads in Central Africa and building trust to, at some point, begin to introduce spiritual conversations and ultimately the gospel. And the missionary answered, we started out by saying, we feel that God wants us to be here and be a blessing to you. What are your top five needs that you would change in your life and in your, the life of your tribe if you could? And the tribes they worked with talked about needing health care, needing education for their kids, needing access to water, needing their migration routes to be protected, and needing uh, help keeping their animals healthy. And so then this missionary family began to pray for God to show them how to help with one or more of these five things. And God began to send them people to help with these tribes health needs they started helping with health care training providing medical care providing pregnancy and delivery care for women and they also were able to provide technology for gaining access to water more reliably and these good deeds are opening doors of relationships into those tribes so those tribes can begin to learn about jesus now, some of us might be called by God to be missionaries, but probably not all of us. And some of us might know an estranged couple we can love and help, but maybe not all of us have a couple like that in our lives right now. And so the question Jesus leaves hanging at the end of this short teaching is this, what good deeds can I do to be salt and light to someone and to bring glory to God. And that's something that each of us needs to discern through time in prayer to God, asking him to lead us to good deeds that he has probably already prepared for us to do because God tends to pretty much always be a step ahead of us. Or maybe you already know of some good deeds you can do. Maybe you're already doing them. Whatever God uh, whatever good god leads you to do do it we can't do everything there's so much good out there we could do we can't we can't get to it all but pick something we can all do something and be the person god has called you to be in christ as a follower of jesus let your light shine you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world you are tremendously important to god He loves you and trusts you so much that he has given you this sacred role and responsibility. So go and be who you are and let God be glorified by the people whose lives are touched by your good deeds. The book of Acts chapter 10 verse 38, Peter there says, Jesus went around doing good and healing people. He he just went around doing good And healing. That's Peter's summary of how Jesus lived. We're just trying to be like Jesus. In the end, he did the greatest good deed of all when he gave his life for us and became a sacrifice that pays for our sins and brings us to God. Whatever good deeds we do, we do out of gratitude to him. Not for our glory, but for the glory of God to bless others as God has blessed us. And those good deeds... They can change people's lives because God fills the good we do for others with his power so that as people see our good deeds, they may turn and glorify our Father in heaven. Most of us here today are here actually because someone's good deeds opened our eyes to the light of God. So, Jesus, and if you're willing... Sing this song with me. Ryan led it for us just a minute ago. Let it be a prayer to God and a promise to do what Jesus taught us here. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. God, as you have given us this great and weighty and noble calling to be with Jesus, the light of the world, and to be the salt of the earth, Lord, fill us with your light and bless us that this week we may go out and do good deeds that bring you positive attention, that guide people's eyes to you, that you might be glorified. Lord, our greatest joy is when you are glorified among us, through us and around us and beyond us. Lord, be exalted in our community, be exalted in our world, be exalted in our lives this week, in our homes, at work, on the street, in the church, wherever you send us, Lord. Let your light shine through us. Bless us this week. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.